What is up, my friend? Uh, hello. Good to see you. <laughs> Good to see you, as always. It's yeah. more important to see you than it is to hear you. We almost Although, did. for the listeners, they just get to hear us. And we almost us. did this one by remote. Would have been the first one in a long time, huh? Yeah, it t- kind of takes the uh, the juju away from it. So it's, <laughs> I think it's more important to be a little late, uh, but to have it in person yeah. so we can keep the flow going. Yeah, our apologies, but uh, like we keep saying, um, uh, life keeps getting in the way of our hobby. Yeah, so. life life happens. But let's see you. Let's see if I can uh, make you angry. Okay, because you Won't take much. You were saying you are you were already pissed off. You've been pissed off since a couple of days, and yeah. now the, the saga continues. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all personal stuff. So. Um, Let's see what's going on in the world. Well, I did have a, a, a doctor experience. I had to go up to the sixth floor of a of a doctor's uh, building, and then I didn't have my vaccination card, so um, they sent me back. So it was half an hour for me to get go from the doctor's office back to my vehicle, go through all the elevators. You know, you get in these medical buildings. And with the COVID thing, you're only supposed to have four people. Like it matters. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Though? Why do you not have a picture of your yeah. vaccination card on your phone? I do now. <laughs> <laughs> and you were going to do a stress test. So why not? I mean, why not just take the stairs? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. because if, you, if, if, if you're going to possibly fail the test or die, <laughs> don't you want to know before you actually start the test? It's like a chance to have like a. <laughs> you don't fail a stress test. <laughs> you don't? <laughs> uh well we'll we'll see i i don't think you fail i mean it kind of is what it is but there's a fail to start right didn't you tell me before like if you have a, a heart rate that's above a certain level they won't do it because what it's unsafe oh well yeah because i mean if you walk in there and your heart rate is 165 they won't do it yeah well you're probably on death's door but let's say you take the stairs instead of the elevator and your heart rate like let's say you don't make it to the top of the stairs that would be a bad day to do the stress Fuck. test you know even when uh, even when i go for a walk and i walk uphill and i completely run out of breath and i have to stop my heart rate's only like 130 it's not 165 <laughs> you know so are there are you, you know when you were doing your walks yeah. were you doing any hills yeah 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 especially uh especially after we got going for a while and you know it was had a little more what's the word stamina yeah know? um uh yeah there there was uh at the end of it uh there was like three there were three inclines in the in that walk that we did every time and so every one of those would uh i can walk on level ground pretty good but on an incline it really starts to take my breath you know away so i would get up to the top of the incline and then i'd have to stop for a minute are you not building breath. up any endurance by doing it more frequently or increasing the, the uh, climb well, i haven't since we got back uh, last march from hawaii I haven't gone on a walk what so. about do you ever use walking sticks no that'd be kind of cool <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, like an actual walking stick, not like the hurricane no. that old people use. You've seen those. You know what the hurricane is? I we bought one for Debbie's mom. Yeah, does There's, she use it? Uh, well, she has like six canes. Now. It looks cool in the commercial because it can stand up by itself. <laughs> yeah. Does it actually do that? Well, they all do that. They do. Well, yeah. I mean, all the modern canes have four. You know, a four uh, suction cup bottom on them or whatever. Well, how does it work on carpet? It works. I mean, you just use it like a. I mean, they all they all kind of stand up. I mean, it's a pretty old fashioned cane if it doesn't have if it won't stand up on its own. But like old fashioned canes would just yeah. look like a candy cane. It has a yeah. little hook and doesn't stand up, and it's wood and it's. I have one of those from one of my previous uh, leg injuries back in the day. <laughs> I still have it. I kept it from the uh, workers' comp situation. Did you have to go through a cane fitting? No, no, not on a wooden cane. They only come in sort of like one size. <laughs> 
That's the cool thing. Why, why are we talking about orthopedic <laughs> devices? <laughs> it's good. I think it's good, you know, for people to kind of understand. Well, number one, they care about you, and mm-hmm. I care about you. We want okay, to know how you're doing. Make sure that you're 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 safe and you're healthy and you're yeah. doing well. But also, it's a good kind of forecast into the future. What yeah. those of us who maybe are not at your <laughs> age have to look forward to. Absolutely. This is uh, this is the future, folks. So get ready for it. <laughs> Um, yeah, all in all, it's great. You know, it's, I, I have, I, I am achieving a different kind of peace of mind <clears throat> from when I started. So just real brief, I'm going to go back to the February before the pandemic or the January before the pandemic hit. I, um, hadn't been to a doctor or a dentist in a couple of years. And, um, uh, the excuses don't really matter. I just wasn't doing it. So I started by going in to see the dentist, and then I ended up having oral surgery, and we've all heard that. That's the, the saga yeah, of the, the wooden, wooden teeth. Yep, yep. Well documented. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, that started it. Then things kind of uh, – doctor visits and things kind of got slowed down um, uh, at, when COVID hit. I, I had just gone to the doctor. Um, I was supposed to go uh, get some other, you know, things done. And that just didn't happen because of the pandemic. Once we got past the the hard part on that, um, I started going, you know, back to the doctor, and then, um, you know, started this. Uh, I'm going to think here. I guess I went in August uh, back to the doctor for a follow up, and there we decided to to run some other uh, go see a cardiologist, schedule some other, uh, you know, internist kind of things, and just to to get ahead of things, see what was going on, and. Um, um, had a little bit of a a blip uh, on my blood uh, labs where my PSAs were a little high. So for men, that that's always a, a like a sign where you might maybe you're having a prostate problem. And so went and got all that checked out. So that was a little stressful. You know, it's like you know, what's the result going to be? Because you know they were a little. It was high. It really kind of was, but it wasn't cancer. So that's good. So now I'm I'm at the point where. And I had a stress test, a cardio, you know, a stress echo test yesterday, and I haven't had an emergency phone call yet from my doctor, so feeling pretty good about that. <laughs> is any of the uh, maintenance, if you will, that you've mm-hmm. been doing in the last couple of years, is there a correlation at all to that and the amount of time that you weren't getting regular checkups, those years that you hadn't gone? Or in other words, if you had gone, would there be things that they could have done or mm-hmm. would have done? done? I would have done all these things maybe just a little sooner. The only one that was, I mean, I haven't had a heart attack or anything like that, so I haven't had any any heart issues. You never have, right? Well, I mean, 16 years ago, I had something called pericarditis, um, and, you know, that was a a bacterial infection in my heart sac that that, uh, did land me in the hospital for a while, and that was a cardiological problem. But is is it technically a heart attack? No, not a heart attack. I had um, um, I got an infection in a, bi- uh, a bacterial infection in my heart sac as a result of of something else, and um, that caused my heart to beat real rapidly, and then that caused my heart to go into atrial fibrillation, which you probably heard about irregular heartbeat, and so I got treated for that and cured it. Um, it, it went back in the rhythm, and you know the. Uh, Bacterial heart infection, pericarditis, endocarditis. Um, there's the one that kids sometimes get after the vaccine. Um, typically, that's antibiotics, 
right? And you know, if you know, uh, uh, injectable antibiotics. So that that went away pretty fast, and then it, that left the irregular heartbeat, and we got that fixed. So then I've been, you know, the last fifteen years really had no heart problems. So um, I monitor my heart rate pretty regular to make sure it's it's you know pretty regularly to make sure my heart is not in irregular isn't in atrial fibrillation because that's um, AFib. <laughs> Medical terms are getting difficult. Uh, anyway, people have good. probably heard that term on the commercials, right? Yeah, the the you long do, you do movie commercials where people yeah. are selling drugs. Yep. Well, what's the drug they, they recommend for that? Oh, God, I don't even remember the name because it. it's a heart regulator, right? Atrial fibrillation. It just means that your heart's out of rhythm. It's an irregular heartbeat. It makes you feel like crap. It uh, makes you feel lightheaded, like you're running a fever, but you're not. And um, that lightheaded feeling, and it was, it's a little hard to, to 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 diagnose, right? And when it, I was a little bit younger when that happened. So I mean, six, fifteen, sixteen years ago. So that wasn't the first thing that popped to my, you know, to the top of my doctor's mind. But he eventually heard a bit of a murmur, and and that was because of the the bacterial infection was getting pretty bad in the heart sac. And he finally heard it with stethoscopes. And that was just a regular doctor. They're not super expert at listening to your heart. This and, is like your primary doctor? Yeah, this is my primary doctor. So they just Google it and yeah. put on the show, yeah. put the stethoscope <laughs> on you, listen, look at their watch, make a couple notes. Uh, it's so funny. I, uh, I have fired more than one doctor. Right, because I just don't like the way they. I just don't like their attitude. Right. So, <laughs> well, you almost fired the person at the door yesterday. You I were know. telling me. Well, here's the thing. Uh, if I, oh, you know, the nurse. Yeah. yeah. You know, here's the, don't fight with the nurse. Just, just, uh, just go. Isn't to the that floor. kind of analogous to arguing with the waiter at the restaurant or the chef? It is a I little. Mean, I mean, it is. It. She may. She caught me early and goes. You know, she pissed me off by telling me I had to have my vax card. And I really hadn't, they had not said anything about that, but I should have brought it with me. I thought about it, but once I got in, you know, it was running a little late. And once I got parked and everything, I just forgot to grab it. So, hey, I need your thing. You know, that got me irritated right off the bat. So, But will you use tech for, for that? I, I, isn't there some vaccine <laughs> app or something? Or The state of California you just now. take a picture of it. Well, you can, of course. Yeah. But isn't there something? I was reading also about um, some states. I think California is one where you can legally store your driver's license in one of these apps and mm. use that to show – uh, you know, valid proof of ID, like if you get pulled over or something. Your insurance card has been that way for a while, but I think your ID is that way and maybe the vaccine card. I would think so. I, you know, I've never used any of that. I, I have, uh, I have, uh, when I th took what I thought was a step up, I uh, I don't print boarding passes anymore. So I, I still remember my phone one way or the other. You, you know, if you have an Apple phone, you can, you can just instantly transfer, you can, um, get your boarding pass online and then you can just instantly store it in the apple wallet yeah it'll just be right there or you can take a picture of it save it to your pictures or whatever it'll scan no matter what it's just another qr code right that's what it is so yeah i'll use it that'll be fine hey trust me i'm never going to the doctor again without a picture of that fax card <laughs> in my fucking wallet so um yeah, so I mean, you know, I I caught myself though. I mean, is that the first place it. you've been to where they required you to show it? Um, the first place I've been to where somebody asked for it and I didn't have it. Yeah, I I can't remember. It's only I've only had to show it a couple of times since I got it, and I just haven't done that much stuff. Right? Um, most people just take your word for it. Are you vaccinated? Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's kind of surprising, well, really. I mean, we've talked a lot about. I guess know, we, here, here I'm going to segue. This is how it works on the on the Couch Journal show. What about the quarterback? I don't know his name. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. That um, 
We all took his word for it, but he's a fucking liar. Yeah, that's that's a good uh, story. I don't know all the details, but oh, here, let me clear him up for you. He's a fucking liar. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, okay. So what you're referring to is essentially he got COVID, and or he tested <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm teeing it up here yeah, for the listeners COVID, who yeah. maybe don't know. And the question is, did he imply that he was vaccinated, uh, which I think he did? And then you know it also calls into question. The NFL, you know, protocol and in requirements for players and and, and well, they uh, they took his word for it. That's what brought that. To so mind. what what did he say that he actually was vaccinated? Because I read something that he he's saying that he was. <laughs> he said something, he was immunized. Right. So was he taking the uh, the Texas? What what are the sites? The pop up sites we always talk about. Pop up. The pop up sites. The not not the ivermectin thing, but the other. Uh, <laughs> Where they where, where they go and they do the antibody thing? Oh, oh, monoclonal antibodies. Monoclonal antibodies. Yeah. He did something. Okay, he didn't right. not do anything. He so did something, I, but he basically <laughs> misled people to suggest he actually had one of the three legitimate uh, vaccines. Well, Correct. First, first off, he he called Joe Rogan and and got advice. So that there's his first mistake, right? Don't you don't call. I think he called him after the story broke, though. <laughs> hey, I'm in hot water. What do I do? <laughs> I don't think he called him beforehand. I don't know. I think, uh, uh, I don't know. You know what? Uh, the more I hear about Joe Rogan, the less I, I like about it. So um, anyway, so this guy, you know, it was just a bunch of bullshit, right? I mean, <clears throat> um, just turns out to be another um, rich, spoiled, professional athlete that thinks the shit don't stink. And, and while everybody else around him on his let's just we don't we don't have to include society at large let's just talk about everybody else in his sports organization has to follow the rules some reason he thinks and i assume because he's the quarterback or some other bullshit that he was better than that and everybody else could t do everything and follow the rules and he didn't have to but sort of because this is where the story kind of gets confusing for me because i don't know okay. all the details I don't know that they had a requirement that you had to get vaccinated. I, I thought it was a little bit like, hey, we want you to get vaccinated and, and we're asking you to. But if you don't, you're required to do, what is it, weekly tests, daily tests? I'm not sure. Um, well, I think so, I think but he didn't been do getting, that either. Are you sure? I thought he was getting the tests and no. they had all been negative until it was positive And that's how it found out he was positive and that he wasn't vaccinated. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that part of it. Um, uh, here's here's what the base of the story is without that complication. He was asked if he was vaccinated and his answer was, Oh yeah, I've been immunized. So that's a straight up lie. Yeah. That stands on its own. Right. Of course. So, and then when, when it came, when the truth came out, then hit some nonsense about, well, I took um, ivermectin monoclonal uh, antibody treatment with uh, zinc. Well, none of that is none of that prevents getting COVID. Monoclonal nothing prevents getting monoclonal COVID. antibodies is a treatment if you've contracted COVID that you might might give you benefit uh, after you've already contracted it. This has nothing to do with prevention. Ivermectin is just a stupid fantasy, a foolish fantasy for a feeble mind. That's not nothing to do, and then. You know what the you know what the drug was back during the good old Trump days that uh, at the beginning of the pandemic Regeneron. Uh, well, Regeneron is a is a company I think right that makes something, but um, it was uh, Chloroquine. 
Yeah, yeah, that sounds quinine. Or, or it's 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 a malaria treatment. Yeah, isn't it longer than that? Chloric. Well, I know I what think, you're talking I about. I think I think chlor chloroquine will do it as far as identifying. We yeah. talked about it in an episode before. Couldn't remember the name. It gets confusing. Monoclonal antibody treatment is about a five thousand dollar treatment uh, that that does evidently benefit you. Uh, if you've contracted COVID, it has no prophylactic. It's nothing about that that can stop you from getting it. Um, it doesn't provide any kind of immunization, asshole, Aaron Rodgers. That's not what that is. And um, uh, so that's a legitimate treatment. Ivermectin is not legitimate, and uh, chloroquine is not legitimate. Those are just legitimate as far as they don't in, have anything to do with COVID. Either of them. Well, when when you say they're not legitimate, as far as I, I think I know what you're saying, as far as being uh, considered a vaccine or qualifying you as being immunized, but they have been used as far as treatment of positive cases of COVID. Ivermectin and chloroquine are not are not effective treatments for COVID. They, neither one of them show any benefits for treatment of COVID. Is that right? Yeah. Ivermectin is a, mostly is a animal uh, treatment. And again, it's not for COVID, right? But it has been prescribed for people with COVID. I, I, I do not know about that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to the mat arguing that, it, but I don't, do not believe that it is any kind of accepted treatment for COVID-19. Um, it has some legitimate treatments, but it's not COVID-19. And chloroquine is just bullshit. That's just a, that's a malaria, anti-malarial treatment that has no benefit for COVID whatsoever. In fact, it has substantial possible side effects, on, you know, for your heart. And so probably it's more dangerous to take it than to not take it. So some things don't do any good. Some things don't do any good and can do harm. And you get no benefit, right? You might trade off the possibility for some kind of rare heart reaction or something to chloroquine if it actually provided you some substantial benefit against COVID-19, but it doesn't. So so all it has is this possible side effect. You're getting no benefit, you know. So that's the dangerous thing about that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I'm not willing to die on this hill, but I have read, I've read both, right? That everything that you just said, I've also read stories that, that all those things can work, you know, and I don't know what to believe, Please, but what I think is what I think go back to this story. Cause I yeah. think there's, there's relevance Aaron. here. Yeah. But there's relevance here into kind of what's going on in the, in the bigger world with yeah. COVID uh, mandates or vaccine mandates and employer mandates and all that. I do believe that he tried to mislead the organization in his choice of words to suggest that he had the vaccine, quote unquote, the jab. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Because that gives you that's your freedom card in, in this day and age. That's the reality. I he probably deliberately I don't know the guy, but he probably deliberately misled the organization. However, if I'm understanding <laughs> I'm, I'm amazed that at this stage of the game with this story that you could use words like probably. Look, the guy just straight up lied about it. Yeah, but we also Dude, uh, so listen, we didn't have to do what we everybody also else don't was required. Know. Well, to hang do. on, I'm gonna get there. But we also don't know I mean he's a jock, right? We don't know their level of intelligence. I'm just Throwing yeah. that out there. <laughs> but, I, hate, I don't like professional But here's the thing. If I'm understanding it correctly, which this ties into the broader, uh, what is it? Is it Department of Labor uh, requirement of the employer mandate for companies with over 100 employees? Mm -hmm. If they gave him a choice, he still shouldn't have answered the way that he did because that was misleading or, or a flat out lie. But if they gave him the choice, the choice should remain that, okay, if I don't get vaccinated, I can test. 
Because mm-hmm. to my knowledge, that is still in the Department of Labor requirement for businesses that. What's the team? That uh, he's, the, he's of the Packers, Green Bay Packers. My but I think this is an NFL policy. My understanding is this is, well, NFL or Green Bay Packer policy was to get vaccinated or at least not lie about it. Right. Yeah, not lying about it, but I, I mean, mean it's maybe, professional maybe, sports. So. Maybe no pass for that. Right? <laughs> professional sports, there's lies in everything. Oh fuck. Um. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but let, let's go back here, though. So, if the choice is given, say, to employees who work for companies with over a hundred employees to get the vaccine or test, what is it weekly? I forget what what the. Uh, I think it is. It's weekly, Something right? Like that. Yeah. If you give somebody a choice, that still doesn't solve anything because you're going to have a, a number of those people who decide, well, okay, you're giving me an out here. I'll just get the test instead. So, I, I you know, is that really going to solve anything, you know, especially as we... Yeah, well, I'm not in favor. I, if, and who pays I, for this if test? I was in, if, I, if it was up to me, Travis, so I'm not here to support that, that, that kind of mandate one way or the other. I just think everybody should get uh, vaccinated, and that's the fucking end. Well, we but we agree on that, and I, yeah. and the choice word there is should. Yeah, but they shouldn't be required <laughs> well, to. I, you know, I mean, it, I think that it's weak. You know, I just think it's weak and chicken shit on everybody's part to 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 have to to go about the the vaccine requirement in this manner. Right? There should be no option not to take it. It's just a it, look. It's a vaccination. You know, the other part hey, is yeah. Well, we you, we started this by saying uh, I think it was you said something about the honor system, and of course I am in no way at all in favor of more government intervention and intrusion more than we uh-huh. already have. Uh-huh. But isn't it kind of surprising when we talk about all the things we do on this podcast about what the government, how involved they want to be in our lives, including some of the recent stuff about you know, IRS spending and looking into people's bank accounts and tracking transactions and taxes and all that stuff. Isn't it kind of surprising that they're willing to go there, but they're not willing to say, show me proof of your vaccination status to do X, Y, Z. Like that seems to me like the first thing that they would want to do. They're chicken shit. Why? Because this vaccine, because this, you know, I'm going to, that's all pretty interesting stuff right there, right? But I'm frustrated, and you might might hear it in my voice about this, because, you know, as a a people, (laughs) citizens of the United States, whatever, it's just idiotic that we're even talking about this. Rather you are required to get a vaccine to participate in society or not should not be a political thing it it has never been here's the problem here's the downside from all this horseshit about vaccinations it, it's you're going it it is going to result in in people not wanting to have children vaccinated for the things like polio and measles and things that we have virtually eradicated and that's that alone is a big enough reason to just make a mandate and just you learn to live with but it. But think about that, which I've cited a million times already, that places like public schools, you are required to get vaccines and you are required to show proof of vaccination for, I don't know if it's polio, I don't think. Yeah, absolutely. But it's there's yeah. what a DTAP and there's a bunch of shit, right, that yeah. you got to get in the early years of your life. You have to show proof of that to enter public right. school. But so this, that's an example of this, an organization that that validates it. But this stupid discussion that we're having on a national basis is, you know, that has been 
this discussion about vac- about vaccinations that we're having currently could easily result in vaccination resistance for those very same required vaccinations. I could see that. Yeah. Right? That and logically that, makes that sense. That is going to be a problem. It doesn't take much to for those for those diseases to spring back up in a non-vaccinated population. So what's the solution? I mean, make people get the fucking vaccinations. Make them get vaccinated for COVID and continue to make them get vaccinated for all these other childhood diseases and things that we've But they're not requ- they're already not required to get those vaccines. They're just required to get them to participate at certain levels of society. You are like you're fuck vaccinated for just, re- just But you're vaccinated just require for COVID. Everybody to get vaccinated period. Just fucking stop it. Just get vaccinated. It shouldn't be a choice. So the truth is, so this is this, this is the is other not a freedom issue. It's nonsense. But issue. here's the other layer is how do you track it? And that's what I thought was interesting about the Aaron Rodgers story is you use the word honor system. And that's how we base the whole California reopening and the, the removal of masks because it was the honor system. You have the honor system on you know pro sports and everything else. You tried to get into the doctors yesterday on the honor system. Now <laughs> you, are, you are vaccinated. Right, but. right. Well, but I mean, you know. And I was going to give her a hard time about it, the nurse, but but I stopped short because of that very reason, because I'm like, okay, this is virtually the same thing, right? You know, they, they you're going to go into a small room with a couple of techs that are going to administer a stress echo test. You're going to be breathing hard like a motherfucker, right? And uh, you're going to take your mask off because, you know, they- Because you need to. to they're, not gonna, they're not going to make you wear it on the, on the treadmill and stuff. And, and you're in this really confined space and they don't want to do it if you're not vaccinated. And I don't blame them. And See, I always and, picture them like the in thing, a booth or something. In a booth. Yeah, yeah. Like in, a, in a special booth that if you fall and there's blood, <laughs> they're not going to get it on them. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um, uh, well, they, they kept their masks on. The, the the two people in the room. But are they there to catch you in case something, in case you fall <laughs> off? Well, d- distinct possibility. You know, the good thing about the treadmill, it's got a thing to hang on to, right? So, And it has the ripcord in case uh, you fall, it shuts yeah. off. <laughs> Here's how it shuts off. You tell them to stop. You go, listen. <laughs> you go, hey, if you need us to stop, say stop, and we'll stop it immediately, right? So that's, that's how it happened. Anyway, long story short, look, I don't want to get too far down the road on this. I, I, I'm just going to put it out there. Look, if, if if you have decided that you don't want to get vaccinated um, for whatever reason, you're making a mistake. That's all I can tell you. I don't hate you for it. I don't love you for it. I don't. But you care. secretly hate them just, for it. Just don't <laughs> inflict your non-vaccinated status on me, okay? And if you plan on getting continuous tests so that somehow you think you're going to keep track of it, just know that there's still a period of time, even doing that on a weekly basis, where you can be you can contract it and spread it before you find out. So listen, everybody, just fucking stop it with the freedom of choice nonsense and all the rest of it. It's become a stupid political thing. It's tied to the whole MAGA bullshit. Let all that go. This is a health issue. Nothing more, nothing less. And everybody should be prior. When vaccines are available for communicable diseases, and then everybody should be required to take them, period. Here's where I thought you were going with this, because I agree with 99% yeah. of your comments there. Uh-huh. Um, but do you think there's a, an element of 
that some groups of people who are considered the elite and are totally behind COVID vaccines would be outed if there was a requirement to show proof. In other words, the people that are there more Aaron Rodgers out there are people that have said, yeah, I'm, I'm vaccinated and are really not. You know, I don't know. I mean, you mean someone like uh, the governor or something like that? Who, Maybe. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, are there hypocrites and liars? Yeah, there are. Are people hiding behind yeah. the honor system? Well, I mean, that's fine. You know, didn't just I mean, it, it, you know. It's it's maybe maybe you have maybe you should be required to carry your vax card with you or some. I mean, it's so easy. Right. I mean, that's another reason why I didn't get into an argument with this guy yesterday, because, yeah, I could have just took a picture of it, put it on my phone, not been an idiot. Right. Um, uh, So there's so many easy ways to to comply with that so that everybody else can remain safe. I mean, come on, let's just I wonder you know, this is still so it's it's a hot topic for everybody and it's it's politicized for a variety of reasons. But it can, in my opinion, one of the main reasons it continues to be politicized is because politicians continue to lead the conversation, uh, which I think is a big problem. OK, so let's just go there. Right. Ted Cruz and Big Bird. <laughs> <laughs> what was this about? I mean, the stupidest news stories, you know, so. Ted Cruz, who has zero relevancy to anybody anywhere, um, how? But he doesn't, though, because you're about to tell me a story about Ted Cruz and Big Bird. <laughs> well, he came out. <laughs> he shit talked Big Bird for promoting people to get vaccinated. You know, Big Bird as a what is that? Uh, Sesame Street. Sesame Street character has come out for three or four decades on a regular basis to promote public health subjects and uh this isn't the first time and it's and, and sesame last. street in general is has been known for what are, what do you want to call it a show or a, a, a an, it's it's an educational yeah. platform they've always been on the progressive side in a good way of things that advance society yeah yeah. So this is no surprise to anybody who knows what sesame street well, is or I mean, what the they stand surprises for surprises is that a supposed a supposed a, a, a politician who is supposedly a national figure has run for president of the United States and lost, by the way, is a current sitting senator. It doesn't senator, mean anything. You know, they all lose. You have to lose <laughs> at least once now before yeah. you can get elected. Right. Look at Biden. Right. Exactly. That's not that disqualifier anymore. But I mean, you know, he, you know, so he thinks that that's worth talking. It's just stupid. But it made it to the point. It made it to your radar. It did. It I did. mean, and why? Because he's a loud mouth. And he says funny shit. I've told you this before. I've told you this on the podcast. Every time he tries to make a point about something he thinks makes him look good, people post shit, me- memes of him at the airport. <laughs> I saw a Ted Cruz costume for Halloween. Did you? Somebody with a, you know, a, a pillow in their polo shirt tucked in, walking around with a Texas mask on and a suitcase. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> You know, that's a that's funny. It um, is funny. But, I, you know, it wouldn't be hard to make a Ted Cruz mask. I mean, he has such his face. He just looks like a rat. So. He looks like the dude uh, from Bewitched. Remember the old show Bewitched? Yeah. He had like that really kind of Dick, Dick Sargent. Is or, it Dick Sargent? Well, there's two of there's them, right? The two, yeah, Dick Sargent and Dick Ca- York. York. That's Dick it. Cavett. <laughs> <laughs> and he had like the really pointed nose and the sloped chin. Yeah, yeah. He kind of yeah. reminds me of that guy. Um that's funny. He's such a rat-looking piece of shit. Um, uh, yeah, so COVID, man. I mean, 
I, we need a poll. Somehow we need some feedback. I mean, I'm starting to worry. We talk about this so much because I obviously we're obsessed with it. But what well, about the listeners? Are they sick of yeah, it? Yeah, they're or? sick of it. I okay. know they're sick of it. But the thing is, it, when it, it's not a standalone thing anymore. So here, here's what it's I was so, going to say. It's so spread out. You're right. It, here's what I was going to say about it. I was talking to a psychologist recently, uh, interesting conversation, and he said something to me. This is your regular session? Or? My regular session. Yeah, After the couch <laughs> funeral session, I do another couch session <laughs> to keep Sorry. my head right. Sorry. <laughs> Which I'm a big Cheap proponent shot. of that, by the Cheap way. Yeah, I'm yeah. a big proponent of that. Yeah, I'm sure. But uh, but this, this, what, this was a casual conversation, and I, I can't do it justice, but what he was basically saying is that th- the topic came up about the old way of life and what the current way of life is in the future and the idea of going back to normal. And, and what he was saying is that our brains can basically only pause what, whatever thing we're trying to pause, whether you're you know, an, an athlete and you're not playing, whether you're a comedian, you're not on stage, whether you're a musician, you're not playing, and your life has paused, whether you're in business and your business is disrupted – there's a there's a finite period of time that our brains can pause that, and he was suggesting it was anywhere from like nine to fourteen months, where in your mind you can set that aside and say this is temporary. I can adjust to whatever the situation I'm in. Let's say you you find yourself in jail, and you're thinking, okay, I I will get back to that way of life for this period of time, and then after say that fourteen month mark the brain can't process it anymore and it struggles to figure out, am I ever going to have that life again? Or is this new life something that is unknown to me, unfamiliar, uncomfortable? Is that what's in front of me? And what the fuck does that look like? And how do I navigate it? And I, I had never thought of that before as far as our brain's inability to, to measure time and, and, and our, and what that means to how we view our stage of life and where we are. So if you think about that in terms of COVID, I wonder if, because we're kind of right there, right? I mean, yes, we're 18 months plus into this whole COVID thing, but but the first few months you give, you know, it was really lost in, in translation of all the, you know, it was all new and it was a global thing and there was just so much data there. But say th- after three months, it was like, this isn't going away. So mm-hmm. So let's say you're going to start the clock then. And then look at, you know, the anti-vaxxers, you know, the MAGA people. Is it is it that? And I'm just trying to draw a parallel here. Is it that those people are trying to hold on to the old normal, go back to that normal? And is this their way of resisting the change that is before them that ain't going away? Mm. You know, I, I, I think that's very interesting. I am hearing as I listen to you know, podcasts or, you know, talking heads on radio or TV or whatever. Um, We're starting to hear terms like um, uh, endemic, right? So it's like, hey, there's there's a lot of this. uh, We're going to beat the we're going to beat this thing. You know, we're going to beat it. You hear you can hear you probably could hear Biden talking about it yesterday. I think he made some kind of speech or something, you know. I think at some point you start to talk about, well, how, you know, we got to, we've got to move on. So, I mean, something, I don't think I'm ever going to be that comfortable with people back in my space one way or the other. I don't care. So I think on the one hand, my brain is at that, that point that you're describing that the psychologist talks about, you know, at some point I'm like, okay, I don't want to wear a mask anymore. I don't want to do all this shit. I don't want to worry about it anymore. And then on the other hand though, 
there are some things on my personal level, like I'm not going to be comfortable with. I'm not ever going to be comfortable again in a crowded elevator. It's just not going to happen. Um, I don't like people standing right behind me in the bank line. But to some degree, I never did. Right? So, um, uh, so I guess I guess it's it, the only thing that's really bothering me right now is the the continuous pol- politicalization of of the discussion. Right? It just should be about what makes sense and what's how much of this is just consideration for other people and courtesy and things like that. And all of that stuff gets lost in the stupid political. Um, conversations and then complete fucking idiots like Ted Cruz, you know, try to grab attention by doing something stupid like shit talking big. Well, that, that that's exactly right. He's trying to get attention right. for anything that will get his name in the news. And he's he's not alone. There's a lot of people like that. Yeah. And and it did. It worked, you know, because it got onto your radar. I don't know how. Like, how do they – is that a supplemental, like, 11th bullet point on the Democratic talking points? Like, hey, just so you know. Big Bird? <laughs> big bird. <laughs> yeah, you got you to put in your uh, money for the Big Bird Defense Fund today. I, I, I mean, it was on every newscast. Shepard Smith uh, talked about it. I mean, it was on every – was on I didn't every see kind. it. I didn't – my wife told me about it. I didn't see it in no. any of my feeds. I, the only thing I saw – was an unrelated story, something about, and I don't even know who the guy is. Maybe he's in the House. He's a Republican. And he was somehow involved in a, is it a meme? Is it an animation of a death threat against AOC? Something like this. Oh, no. So, and it's, I don't know the guy's name, so maybe it's not worth talking about. But he was either involved in sharing it, maybe, or he was involved in putting it together. We, we got to look it up, but. That was the only other news story that caught my radar. You know, a death threat against AOC. I mean, and I can totally understand and accept and have no problem that you don't like her, right? You've expressed that on this pro, uh, on this podcast and in person, and that makes sense. She's pretty, you know, uh, 180 degrees away from your outlook politically. That's okay, but. I don't get any of the I don't get any of the violence and the the and the the stuff that I've seen exhibited t- toward her by the right or I just don't it's not necessary it's not it's not right right and if there's some if there's some political idiot on the right involved in some kind of mean or animation or something that talks about a death threat or something to her that sounds criminal to me, and I think it should just be handled that way. Do you right? think there should be a higher standard if that threat comes from a, an elected official or just – what do you mean by somebody from the right? Like could that involve news organizations or just elected people? Yeah, I think I think a death threat, uh, you know, propagate – reporting it is different, yes. right? Right, you know, but but propagating it or being involved in the commission of it – I mean, whether you're a politician or a newscaster or just Joe Blow, that's criminal. That, that there are laws against that, right? You can't. That's not. Are allowed. there though? Yeah. But what happened yeah, when you can't threaten to kill somebody? That's a criminal offense. Yeah, but let's be honest. I mean, that happened quite a bit during the Trump years. I I can't recall any elected uh, officials who were making threats or memes or anything like that. There was plenty of mudslinging from the you know the hollywood left like remember the one broad the comedian who famously was canceled because she had the she had a picture of her with trump's cut off head she yeah, was yeah, a yeah. bloody head yeah and then he was bashed at, i mean there was several high profile 
celebrities calling for Trump's head. That is not the same thing. And and so you have to separate some of this from political satire, too. Uh, I know who exactly who you're talking to. Her name escapes me. Oh, what a surprise. Um, but, uh, you know, a real D-less celebrity, whatever. Her life goes on. She never threatened to kill Trump. There, I know exactly what you're talking about. It wasn't a death threat. It's not like... It's not like, like she called up Donald Trump on his phone and talked to his 10-year-old son and said, hey, we're coming to kill your father. That kind of shit is criminal, okay? It doesn't matter who it comes from or who it's about. If somebody was to call Baron Trump and tell tell him that, that they were coming for him and his family, that that's criminal, right? Um, uh, so, And if you take a picture of Baron Trump's head and put put it on a spike, that's been bad taste, but it's not criminal. It's stupid, but it's not criminal. So there's differences. Right? I think Trump at the time tried to make the claim that it was a death threat. Yeah, well, of course, whatever. I mean, personally, I don't give a shit what Trump says about anything. If he's saying it, it's a lie. So he's never. I, I've never heard a truthful thing come out of his fucking face <laughs> ever. So uh, come on, you have. I can't think of one. Uh, so well, try, maybe you could think of one. When he said, "How the, about how about this one?" Hey, maybe we could just like hit the light with a really powerful hit the body with a really powerful light. You know, maybe like from the outside, something like that. How about that one? How, do you remember that one? <laughs> well, he said some truthful things, like when he was you know saying that the vaccines were coming and they were and they did. <laughs> okay, well. My response to that is that even a broken clock uh, is correct twice a day. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, that's funny. So let's see. So there was Big Bird. So got that into the discussion. Um, stupid shit. Uh, what, and go ahead. Well, I just you know I was thinking about. I just asked you if there should be some kind of a higher standard, right, for elected officials, things that they do and they say. And un- unrelated to COVID, maybe we could shift gears here for a second. But what I was thinking about is there's a lot of crypto stuff in the news. You and I were talking about crypto the other day. Yeah. Investing in general. Took a little slide over the week uh, over the last couple of days. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, right? it's wild. Um, you know, everything's wild these days. And I'm not I don't know anything about it. I don't it. see it up here on the. Uh, it flashed a minute ago. I think uh, it's it mostly crypto's down. But, you know, there's there is talk. Usually it's when. Uh, wealthy elected officials on the right have investments, uh, and then the critics on the left say things like, "Well, they shouldn't. You know, members of Congress shouldn't be allowed to uh, hold stock, hold investments." You know, what's your take on that? <laughs> uh, legislators, right? Um, should they be allowed to participate in the stock market or? Something is that what you're talking about? More or less. I mean, obviously, because they have inside knowledge on stuff. I think when they, I think when they commit criminal insider trading, uh, that they what should would be hunted down and prosecuted. What would constitute reason. criminal insider trading? You, you're involved in legislation that's going to cause a, a, a given stock to go up or down one way or the other, and you know about it before everybody does, and you either buy that stock or sell that stock. As a result of that, ahead of public knowledge, that's insider trading. That's against the law. That's against the law for everybody, though. For everybody. Yeah. Right. So that's I, it should you be. You don't need another law for that. Do you but need you're a okay. harsher law you're for o- a politician? Is that what you're saying? I'm asking, you're okay with those politicians owning the stock to begin with? Uh, they can own it, but here's the problem. Any There is a, there is a, just this – there's just a, an inherent problem 
with people that are going to be involved in in creating legislation that will affect stocks participating in the stock market. I mean, let's be frank. Not everybody and I'm not talking about mutual funds because that's that's so diversified that none of this none of that applies to none of what we're talking about here applies to that. Um uh so I'm not I'm not suggesting that like your 401k couldn't have a 401k. Yeah. But but most people are not in the stock market. So the fact that most legislators are is just a result of the fact that they have insider knowledge and they frequently use it to their benefit Do you and think go it's unpunished that? for that. Do you think that's the reason they're in the stock market or it's because usually they're in the upper um, percentages of wealth? I mean that's the – if you break down just from a numbers perspective, the, most of the people who participate in the stock market are of a certain income I, level. I would be perfectly fine uh, with banning members of Congress or the Senate from – being actual participants. That could get you kicked out of the Democratic Party, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think that that is, uh, I mean, that is, that, is, that is something that is discussed from time to time because there's an inherent problem with it, right? There's a conflict of interest that, that doesn't go away. And I think that would qualify as one of those things, Travis, that we've talked about or talk about from time to time that probably aff- afflicts both side you know both both sides of the aisle right and i'm not trying to say that that is only something that's only something that uh, republicans would do only republicans would be in the stock market and then use their their vast amount of inside knowledge about what's going to affect uh, the stock market from a political point of view to enrich themselves they're not the only ones doing that so um, and I'm not I'm not saying that neither are you. So I think, yeah, I mean, I think that's a problem. I mean, short of banning them from participating in the stock market, where you know we should be vigilant and make sure that anytime they are caught breaking the laws that that concern insider trading, they should be punished and it should be maximum. And and so, as far as a higher standard, I think that's a higher standard. I think when someone like that is caught breaking that kind of public trust, they need to be, you know, they need to be prosecuted. Yeah, and that's, it's an interesting philosophical question because on one hand, and and look, for the record, I am not advocating anything be stripped from anybody. If anything, I want less government intervention. So I don't want to tell anybody what to do. I don't want to take away our elected officials' rights to participate in the stock market. Well, I wouldn't have thought that that would be, I wouldn't have thought that would be your position. No, but but it's interesting because on one hand, we we like to hold, we should hold our elected officials to a higher standard, right? Because of all the responsibility. Listen, we need to begin holding them to some kind of standard because frankly, it has become, it is at the point now with, with government officials that nobody is being held to any kind of standard. And there's no standard well, to hold them to the problem. What's the standard? Well, the problem <laughs> is that the idea of that, first off, there wasn't nearly as much need to worry about it um, prior to the Trump uh, appearance in, in, in modern politics, right? It's not just him, but he has certainly been the vanguard of this. So, um, you know, you, you and I've had this discussion a bunch of times. In fact, over the Trump time that we've talked, uh, the year that we done, did the podcast that Trump was still in office, I think we can, we talked about a bunch of things that I would told would tell you, hey, that's illegal. You can't do that. You can't 
hold a political rally at the White House if you're the fucking president. I that's still think against, that's dumb. That's against the law. I right? think, and I, I take your word for it, but that's a dumb law. So, but here's the thing, right? We should be following those laws to the letter because they're there for a reason. Uh, most of them come from a long time ago. That's why you're either not aware of it or you think it's dumb. And or there really hasn't been an enactment of it, right? There's well, not been a, there's not the a lot thing. of precedent the, on some of these the laws. In the past, no president of the United States would would violate the Hatch Act by holding a political function in the White House. Um, because not because it was a violation of the Hatch Act, because it wasn't right. It's not right to do that. And it's morally not right. And, I, I get and there's it. the Hatch Act. I but, just think it's dumb. If if that's your house, you want to invite people over. Hey, it was during COVID. It was work from home. Not, he couldn't look, leave. It's not the president's house. <laughs> he's the resident there no, for the time he's in office. Yeah. So um, that's just a, a minor, a, a easy example for it me is. to come up with. There, there are lots of other um, things like that. So, I mean, Pompeo violated the Hatch Act about 20 or 30 times. And, and so – by doing a variety of things, right, that no other Secretary of State would have ever thought of doing, not because it was illegal, but because it wasn't the right thing to do. So so the Trump administration at all have blown up that idea a lot. And, and that doesn't mean that, I mean, we should think about this, right? Those are the kind of, those are the kind of things that, that have been, blown up over the last few years that are important to 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 whether democracy continues right we've talked about this a lot forbearance and and things like that where you don't go to the you know just because you legally can do something you don't always go to the extreme of doing it and and the other side of that hey because something is illegal but it, it isn't a death sentence for violating it you don't say well that's not worth prosecuting you know and then so and then we trusted that government elected officials would never would never push these limits like this because it's bad for the country. But, well, you use the word trust. This, this ilk, they don't give a shit what's good for the country. Nobody in the Trump administration, nobody on the MAGA side of things gives a shit about what's good for the country. But let, let's let's say There's that a broad, that... broad statement for you. Yeah, so let's let that stand on its own okay. and let's just assume and push that aside for a second okay. that that's true. It doesn't There's stop. nobody here to argue. With but us. it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there as far as that's not where it's going to end. If we just simply say, hey, this is and, and you're not saying this, but, the you know, the Trump organization, nobody cares what's good for the country. Moving forward, though, as society evolves past Trump. And our our country grows and, you know, there's turnover in elected officials. You hope. Well, go back to this idea, though, of, of a higher standard of elected officials. Right. And this is kind of what I was just thinking kind of out loud here. Mm -hmm. On one hand, we want our elected elected officials to be normal, regular people because, after all, they're, they're, government's not a thing. Gov we are government and we just send people, you know, government doesn't exist without us. It's not mm -hmm. independent of its people, of course. Mm -hmm. So on one hand, we want the people to be as normal, if you will, and as representative of the population of which it represents. But on the other hand, you want it to be kind of this larger in life, smarter than the rest of us, so you can make the decisions that we're not capable of making, and you can act on behalf of the people and make good faith decisions about how to guide us into the future. It's called leadership. I don't know, Mr. Jefferson. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's... <laughs> 
<laughs> Go ahead. So, uh, and again, I'm just bouncing this around. Only white landowners should make this. <laughs> no, but the truth is, Again, go back to the higher standard. Maybe I'm, I'm trying to tie this all the way back again, a, a second or, or a third reference to the gatekeeping process. But how, can you have both? Let me let me frame it in this way, in this form of a question. Can you have both? Can you have normal, regular, representative people and also have people who are held to a higher standard and should be held to a higher standard and have and and that are trusted and sent through the gatekeeping process? that we can hold them accountable. Well, I, I guess I would say yes to, to that proposition or supposition. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with that statement. Um, um, is it happening? You know, I mean, you know, the gatekeeping thing that we, that I brought up a, quite a while ago after I read a book, frankly, that used that term and it was the first time I really thought about it. How did, how did political figures get into the ring in the past? Right. It wasn't it wasn't I mean, it was pre Internet. It was it was pre television. It was pre Pre electricity. Yeah, it was pre a lot of things. It was a much smaller ring. Right. Let's let's put it that way. And then and there was a way that people got into it. And it was it was there were there were groups, political group, political parties were the gatekeepers of political nominees. Right. Nobody would get nominated for an office and be voted on by whatever made up the electorate at any given time. All the white landowners back in the beginning, all the white men a little later, all the white people a little later. Then finally, you know, the black people and everybody, you know, who who was in control of who got there? Right. Those were the political parties. And when and that wasn't widely talked about or even known it just happened and all of a sudden somebody would be the nominee for vice president or president or senator or mayor or governor this all happened through the parties that's why there are parties right and so then as as you know information became more readily available it became more well known it's still not super well known right but i think as it's broken down quite a bit because often when people found out about the deals made in the back, the smoky back rooms or whatever of politics, they thought it was a bad thing because it seemed exclusive and didn't seem like, you know, that it was, you know, that it was made by a small group of people. And it was, was it always perfect? It probably, it doesn't think seem like it was, but was it horrible? Well, I don't know because that process is broken down. What with the internet and television and, and a master manipulator of, of media what that is evil from the from the ground up was able to get in and get himself elected president so the gatekeeping process for better or for worse as we used to know it broke down and it's gone i th- i think one of the um big elements of that process is you you mentioned media go back a couple hundred years what was the media you send a telegram and you find out two or three weeks later what the hell happened on the east coast and <laughs> yeah. that that was your news and you yeah. fast forward all the way to the Trump campaign, which we've talked about, where he largely used and relied on Twitter. You know, I think a big part of his success in that was that he went right to the people. He bypassed the gatekeeping process, as we've talked about, where he wasn't really part of the Republican Party, was willing to to not go with them if they didn't endorse him. Right. And, right. And so, you know, he just he just sidestepped the whole process to begin with. And other people on the other side of the aisle will do the same, right? Pete Buttigieg. Uh, not Pete Buttigieg. Um, who's the guy from Texas? Um, 
Abbott? No. Uh, Cruz? No, no, not a not a, a Democrat. Um, and he lost. Oh, election. yes. Um, he's working for Del Taco now. Um, <laughs> Del Taco? <laughs> what, is, what is his? Uh, he's got a funny nickname. Whatever. Um, uh, uh, and, and even AOC, right? I mean, not really. I mean, she just kind of went to the people, you know, through social media and different things. And this and goddamn so, social media well, to blame. It is what it is, you know. Uh, so, yeah, how come how come they're all pissed off at Facebook and Twitter? That's what got them elected. I don't know that they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I. Uh, so I mean, I I love that whole examination of the gatekeeping process, but I do believe that it's gone. I don't I don't think it really exists anymore. I'm not sure. I mean, there's still political parties, and there's some form of it. But I'm not sure it's not as I mean, Trump broke through it. I mean, certainly he is not a product of the Republican political party backroom gatekeeping process that that produced uh, um, George Bush or any of the Bushes or the Bush that ran against Trump and lost. I mean, he came out of that process. Right. He was part of that party. So I think that's been blown up quite a bit. Do we think it's dead forever? Much like music has changed forever because we have streaming. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I mean, is it dead forever? I mean, I think it's dead as far as being a back room, smoke-filled back room process, you know, with a a bunch of political strong men or something. I I think that's probably changed. I think we're going to know maybe our very next, who are maybe our next president or the one after that. Our next president could very well be Harris, of course, if she inherits the job. But I think the next election, the next elected president is going to give us a, a huge insight into what the status of this process is. If it's gone forever, if it's changed, if it's, it has a new form, I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's really – we talked a little bit a couple of shows ago about being so narrow focused, right? I mean, for a while I was just – I was getting depressed because it's like, okay – Everything that happens today, whether it's inflation or, you know, bad bad press about the southern border or something like that, for, I'm talking for the Biden administration. Does that does every one of these things translate into some kind of, you know, some kind of disaster in the midterms? Well, here's a newsflash for everybody. Okay, midterms are always a disaster for the party that's in the White House. So um, that's very rare that. It isn't, and I don't see a lot here um, that is telling me yet. Although we got time, but I'm not seeing a lot in the news or the in the way things are going that's telling me it's going to be any different. Um, that that the the majorities in the House and the Senate are so slim, it, it almost seems inevitable that of course they'll flip. So we'll see. That may not happen. I mean, there's plenty of time, much like the Democrats who can who can snatch uh, uh, defeat out of the jaws of victory at a moment's notice. So can the Republicans. So, um, I mean, I think they're walking a very tenuous tightrope with their continued reliance on the Trump gang as a, as the front run, as the four, you know, as the showrunner for their entire situation. I don't know. I think that's going to change. I mean, there are so many possibilities, not the least of which is Trump could just eat that final fatal, Big Mac, and that's the end of that story. Um, at any moment, and much as you pointed out with Biden, I mean, these guys are in the danger zone 
you know, they're on borrowed time, health wise, right? As far so, as math is concerned, yeah. So, um, but I think more as as likely, or maybe more likely, is that there's some kind of misstep, right? I mean, I, the the Trump thing is a phenomenon. There's no doubt about it. Um, he, you know, I think. I mean, I'm not a fan. I guess we've established that. I'm not you, you're not a fan of Trump? Yeah. No so way. I guess we've established that. Uh, but I don't think there, I mean, I think it would be foolish to short shift his, you know, his ability to manipulate media. And then, But I think because it's not a planned out kind of thing and a, a lot of shooting from the hip, there's potential there for a huge problem. Um, so what would it take? You know, Kevin McCarthy turns out to be, a transvestite prostitute murderer. Who the hell knows? Uh, things can happen, right? Um, uh, McConnell could kick the bucket. In How old second. is he? He's old. I mean, he's he's not a young guy, right? Um, uh, the public could just get sick of him, right? I mean, he's he's out there and is what he is, and I'm sure there's a huge swath of what's left of the republic, the real Republican Party, that thinks he's the man and the last. The, the last standard bearer for the Republicans and all the Trump people are just, you know, they're just a, a an aberration, you know, of a, a temporary situation and that some sooner or later will come back. Um, but he could, anything could happen, right? He could. But can you, can you not see, because you, you've still yet to, to make any progress towards um, getting behind my idea of term limits and age limits, but can you. Term limits and age limits. <laughs> I mean, seriously, do you want 80, 85-year-old fuckers in Congress making decisions for us? I mean, it's one thing to question whether or not those ideas resonate with young people, which I don't – I've said before, I don't get the Bernie thing. I don't get why any young person – why that's their – you know, he's their guy. But can you not see at all how at least kind of a forced turnover would bring fresh idea in – fresh ideas in or – Younger people, or open it up to more people. Maybe that maybe that is the catalyst to break down the gatekeeping process. Listen, I think that it, for me, it, as far as any old Republican, this isn't ageism. Go, I know you're sensitive to that. Well, I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I plan on retaining a good sense of humor about that. I hope unlike so. some people we might know. <laughs> um, Just in general, retain yeah, your sense of humor. Yeah. Um, I think that I would let the electorate handle um, getting rid of when 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 politicians are too old to to do the job, and, and if people don't like that, well, then they can vote them out. And I think that that's all it takes, right there. So the age thing, I just don't think there's anywhere to go with that. Term limits is a completely different conversation um, that I haven't. I'm going to be honest with you. I I don't support it because I haven't really sussed it out i mean i i haven't really given it deep thought it doesn't there's nothing on the surface of the idea that but i need um, to tell you two important things okay go ahead number one anything you say on this podcast you reserve the right to change your opinion well of course and number two anything you say on this podcast i hate to burst your bubble <laughs> is not going to make it into law so you have, take all the freedom you want my friend <laughs> well i'm not, a, I'm not a, <laughs> and think prefer, and think aloud I think the worst idea ever would be that I would be some kind of lawmaker. <laughs> That's a terrible idea. Um, uh, or any kind of cop or enforcement uh, 
person of any type. I think I'm not. I don't have you would right. be very lenient. I, think. I don't know. I don't think. Well, I mean, that probably would be a problem, right? If I liked you, I'd like. I wouldn't let you off. But let's say you. Okay, you are. You're the security guard who's got to monitor the pool and kick people out who are not leaving the pool when it needs to be cleaned. Every- I can't can't do that job because that would not be right. Why not? Because I wouldn't do that. <laughs> so you would be lenient. It's a great it's a great um it's a great concept. Yeah, I would be lenient. I mean, I would not be good at that because I wouldn't do that. Couldn't be a security guard because I wouldn't uh uh, enforce any kind of regulations <laughs> I didn't agree with. So, are you are you are you saying that you would abide by the honor system? Um, I don't know about that, but I guess, I guess when I guess when I get pissed at people, um, when I get pissed at people, um, uh, you know that are doing jobs like the security guard or the gal that wanted me to get my, I, I really want to make sure that I don't get pissed at them because. They may not have the freedom to to you know to sit here and say, "Hey, I wouldn't do that if I was a security guard." Well, if you are a security guard, you have people depending on you, and your income depends on it. You're going to do whatever the fuck they tell you to do, and and that's so that's one of the reasons why I wouldn't want to do that job. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't gravitate toward that kind of job because I don't want to be subject to to orders from people to do things I don't agree with, right? I mean, everybody is subject to that to some degree, but, I mean, you know, it's been a long time since I didn't feel like if somehow something was compelling me to do something I morally did not agree with, that I couldn't just say, no, fuck it, I'm not doing that. So uh, I guess that for me that comes down to, like, you know, what are the choices you make? If, if you... <laughs> If you choose to conduct your life in a manner that brings you to the apex of being a security guard, then you need to accept the consequences of your um, of your situation. I mean, they're your fault. It's nobody. Nobody else is responsible for you being a security guard uh, than you. Right. So um, if that's what you are, then you have to decide you're either going to be something else or you're going to do what security guard needs to do. And if you're the security guard at the Marriott in Hawaii, you're going to go tell people they got to get out of the pool for exactly. no reason. <laughs> and, and that would not be well, something not, I could do. Right. But you understand why they have to do it. Well, I mean, they gave me that reason. Uh, that's the it's my favorite. That's the policy, sir. So whether it's Marriott policy or Disney policy or whatever. Um, so then once, so I immediately want to take some of my, uh, frustration and anger about that off on the person trying to enforce that because my mind goes through this quick calculation. You're in this, you know, the reason why you're here having to tell me this is because you're an idiot. And so I'm not giving you a break. So I'm going to get mad at you. Well, I want to try to back off that. You know, that would some, be good. Some people are in situations where they have to do what they have to do. And they're not the policy maker. No, no. But I mean, you know, if the policy is that, you know, black people can't eat at the lunch counter, which it was, a, which it was a policy. At right. Time. So then, you know, there's no level of excuse that that gets somebody off for, for being the one that comes up to the black person sitting at the white lunch counter in Woolworths in 1930 and says, hey, you can't sit here. Were, the, were, were there security guards at the Woolworths in the 30s? Not the store owner, but the guards not letting people in. Yeah. I assume it was a thing, yeah. I don't think so. I think, I think. Look, I think you know, if you were uh, a black person in Chicago in 1920 or something, and there was a lunch counter in the Woolworths that said whites only, I doubt seriously <laughs> you, you were going to try to go in. Why would you? 
I mean, I you know, I I wouldn't. I mean, if there was a thing that said uh, no whites or blacks only at this lunch counter, I'm not going to go sit at that lunch counter. I mean, so, so for those people that you know that were part of the civil rights movement way back when that that took on those challenges and things, that that's a lot different than somebody just coming into a Woolworths in 1920 or something, and there is a, a, a color barrier there <laughs> to expect them to say, oh, no, fuck that, I'm sitting here. That's not reasonable, right? <laughs> and, and, and by the same token, <clears throat> if there's somebody there that really didn't think it was a problem but decided to enforce that, rule uh you know and that wouldn't be a security guard i don't think it would probably be the guy behind the lunch counter right and then uh the way i've seen this depicted in movies then he calls the the racist sheriff and uh, they all all the hicks come running yeah no, the, all the people who are who are supposed to be on the security side of things probably agree with the policy oh yeah i mean here then you got a bunch of fat white guys in a pickup truck in the back of a pickup truck coming up Main Street to the diner to to beat you to death with the sticks. They're the baseball bats and shit that they're bringing. So, um, you know, we just all, I mean, at some, at some stage, everybody's responsible for what they do, you know. So I think it's a crazy topic. Um, not sure what it has to do with it, except we do hear and see a lot of people taking a lot of this kind of stuff into their own hands. And, and we've seen the... We've seen the extreme so much in the last few years, right? There's a trial going on right now. The Rittenhouse trial? Now, there, there's that fucking clown show. But um, more importantly, there's the Ahmad Arbery. Um, Which one's this? That's, the, that's where the black jogger in the Georgia suburb was chased down by a couple of hicks in a, in a car and shot to death because he was jogging. I, I hate to even say it. There's so many of these stories. I don't even. Yeah, it's I, pretty, I'm, I'm not even familiar with this story. <clears throat> these two guys um, were like supposedly they're like, well, we're you know we're neighborhood watch. And Similar to the remember a, the one in Florida was. I think it is Florida. It is Florida. But but that was the, the first Arbery. A high profile case where or, the guy was like a volunteer uh, neighborhood watch guy and he shot the kid. No, no, yeah, no. I mean, let's, I mean All right, I'll let you what say a surprise that yeah. the two white guys doing this podcast don't <laughs> don't really know what they're talking about on this issue. The guy's name, I'm pretty sure I got right, is Ahmad Arbery. Which one is he? The victim or He's the guy the victim. on trial? He was the, the black jogger. Okay. He was just out for a jog in, in, in the neighborhood. Uh, I believe it was in Georgia. Shit, I could be wrong. It could be Florida. When, <laughs> I, I'm not sure where the um, Rittenhouse thing, where the guy brings a an That was AR-15. Wisconsin. To, uh, was that, that was Wisconsin? Kenosha. That was Kenosha, right? Okay, so that's Wisconsin. So I believe Ahmad Arbery is Florida. Okay. okay. So, uh, again, what a surprise. Um, <clears throat> and uh, anyway, he they saw him jogging. Uh, they decided to chase him was down. Was it night, I assume? No, it was in the daytime. Broad okay. daylight. All right. Broad daylight. And they decided to chase him down. And he ran, and they killed him. Right, I mean, you say not, they, so there's a couple of guys, two guys, yeah, father and son, okay, two guys, and they chased him down and killed him. And the excuse was that, well, you know, there was some robbery or something. They evidently, maybe they monitored, you know, the the police band or something. There was something going on somewhere, and so they saw a black guy uh, jogging. Running, they and thought they, that's him. He's fleeing the scene. Yeah, it's just how they kill him. I think they shot him. So and, were they? Like actual security guards, no, or they just lived no, no, in the no, neighborhood. No, two fat white guys that that live in the neighborhood and and saw him, and you know, 
they're self-proclaimed, you know, neighborhood watch people. Well, what's I mean, like but I said, the thing, they're going to trial. Yeah, which is what you're likely when to get a murder off. trial. Why? Well, because the jury is, you know, is from there. Well, okay. Right? So it's, based on what you've told me, again, I, I hate to say it, I don't really even know the story. I assume it's a couple years old now. If it's just now going to trial, uh, it's kind of how these things work. Probably at, le- at least a year. Yeah. So you have you have two guys. Are they trying them separately or together? I don't know. Because that's a whole thing in criminal law. That, I don't know. The only thing I've seen on TV being covered is the Rittenhouse trial. I haven't right. seen any coverage. The other one may not have started yet. They're they're both a, they're both going on right now, but the Ahmad Arbery trial I don't think is getting the press coverage that the Rittenhouse trial is getting. Well, I think that it's, may have to do with whatever the access is. Right? They, they got cameras in the. That's the whole thing too, which it varies by what the judge gets to decide whether or not you have see cameras. This Kyle Rittenhouse time mean, yesterday he testified and he. He broke down and started crying. I didn't see the video, but I saw that story. Oh yes. my god, so ridiculous! And and uh, well, there's a lot of people did who it are, help him. Did it hurt him? I think it made him look like. An, I think it. Made well, there's him a look lot of people who. I mean, I'd say a lot of people. I read some comments where nobody was taking a side on this blog that I read about the trial, but they're basically saying, "Hey, uh, panic attacks are a real thing." And if that's what you saw, because I didn't watch the video, so let me just throw that out there. But if that's what you saw, those are real, and don't criticize this guy. If the he, panic attack that we saw. If he during, broke down on the stand. Well, yeah, you killed you killed two people and, and wounded another uh, with no justification, and you're going you're on trial for murder. Uh, I think I'd have a panic attack, yeah, too. Yeah, but the but, implication was, hey, that was a show to try to get sympathy from the jury. Who knows? Yeah. Right? I mean, it, it, how old it, is he now? Eighteen. He's eighteen now. So I mean, it's such a sad story. This this white kid crosses state lines, goes to some kind of BLM kind of demonstration area where things are getting out of hand. What a surprise! And and he's carrying around an AR-15. Yeah, that's the thing. Is again, I mean, I so I know more about this story than the other story, but yeah. by no means am I an expert, and I'm not in, in well the, they're, in the they're courtroom, so, so I don't know. Different, but I mean, the Kyle Rittenhouse. Why does a white kid cross state lines? Never mind if he's white or anything. Why do you leave your house? Okay, go ahead. Because really, if you – why leave your house? He was like a rebel without a cause. Uh, That's the truth. So, again, I don't know anything about him. I don't know if he's a racist. I don't know if he was looking to go kill black people, right? Why do you leave your house and bring an AR-15 and go to where there's unrest? Why do you do that? Some kind of only hope. bad shit can happen if you do that, right? Exactly, and only and and some like kind staying of, out after midnight. Some kind of yeah, <laughs> some kind of diluted. You know, let me try to leave race out of this. Some kind of diluted person that thought you know the best idea he could come up with on that night was to put on his military flak jacket and shit, dress up like a like a um, a militiaman. Get his, you know, semi-automatic assault rifle, drive to another state, and insert himself into a fucking. Riot. Does he have? Does he have parents? I assume he does. Did he, did he live at home with his parents? Don't know. Yeah, and the know. and the people I think that so. he uh, was probably sixteen when this happened. I think he was seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. Because so. this was only about a year ago, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's such a stupid story. I mean, it it is it is. It's exactly what it is. And again, I I don't know anything about the guy. I don't know what his motivations were or anything. Why the why go there? Why did you need to leave your house under any pretense and and bring a gun and look for trouble? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think my inclination is to just write him off as a, a, a lost, deluded 17-year-old that was overly affected and radicalized in some way by probably a never-ending torrent of misinformation and nonsense that he was getting out of the media, right? And I can say with some authority that um, <laughs> what you see on regular, what we would call mainstream and what the right's going to call liberal mainstream media is not anything, whether, whether it's television or news or radio or internet, that's that's not that the stuff you see on the left side of that spectrum is not stuff that makes you do that. That's all coming from the right. That's all that's all nonstop rhetoric about how, you know, BLM and because the race does enter into this. The fact is he was white and this was a Black Lives Matter situation. And all and the victims were all black, right? No, the victims are white. Oh really? The ones that he killed? The two guys he killed and the one he wounded. He shot three different people. And he two died two or them. two died? Okay. Two died and the other one, uh, he lived. And and uh, and they're all white? They're all white guys, right? Okay. So I'm not saying that the guy went there to... to, to, to so look, I think it's complicated, right? Yeah, very. I, I think that this was a white kid. So, I mean, I think race does play into this. This was a white kid that had been probably intaking a lot of right-wing rhetoric, uh, especially shit about Black Lives Matters and Antifa and all this kind of stuff, right? And how blacks in Kenosha were going, were out of control and they were attacking the police and the poor police and blah, 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 Blue Lives Matter. And he suited up to go to go help the white cops. We're cops. Do you, where's the chronology in this? Is this after the George Floyd? Is it after the trial? No, I don't know. No, this was a while ago. God, These it's all the, a blur. You know, George Floyd was killed. It was all over the place, and then there were demonstrations that that happened all through that summer, and and many of them, uh, as nighttime came, looting and stuff would happen. Nothing to do with the Black Lives Matter demonstration or anything, not because of it, not because they were black people, because that's what groups of people do at night. And then cops handle it in a variety of different ways. I'm not criticizing the police one way or the other. I, I think we saw some good situations where they did the right things the best they could and others where they inflamed the situation unnecessarily and caused a lot of it to happen. But either way, why does who, who there needs a white kid from another state to you know a seventeen year old to drive in with his paramilitary horseshit and get involved? Right? What causes that? That's right wing media misinformation propaganda. Let's just call it what it is. This euphemism that we've adopted for the bullshit coming from the right is misinformation. But we all do you that's, know that's just the wrong fucking word. Yeah, but do we, you the don't word know is propaganda? You don't know if that's what was influencing him. Like I read something okay, else I'm about gonna, whether gonna, or not he had some something. call of duty no, video game habits. That's why he wanted to be a militia guy. Is that right wing propaganda? <laughs> Is it right? I mean, call of duty. I played call. I played tons of call of duty. Right. Right. These I, are good games. Yeah. Not, you know, I, you're not what? even own a fucking gun. Right. I do. But I and I play. I've played Call of Duty, and I don't want to go shoot people. I do in Call of Duty. 
But <laughs> of yeah, course, that's the idea of the game. Well, I mean, here's here's my response to that. Do I know if that's what happened? That's my that is what I assume has happened. Maybe we'll find out. I mean, the trial is ongoing, and I don't know. But but I mean, just think about it. You don't have to be a genius. You don't have to have a trial. You just have to look at the situation. White kid, arms up, crosses the state lines, goes to a Black Lives Matter demonstration, inserts himself with a loaded rifle. What do you think? Well, listen, that? listen, you have to have a trial, of course. You, uh, even for a guy who doesn't like structure, you're more structured than me. <laughs> you have to have the trial because that's what you have to do. But I would assume, given his age, that most of his media exposure would be social media. That's probably a, a fair statement. I don't know how much. I mean, this is a broad assumption, right? I have no idea. But we assume 17-year-olds are consuming their their news and their media through social media sites. I would assume less on Fox News. Maybe he watches Fox News. I have no idea. Maybe he's I don't a, know the parents' maybe he's situation. Maybe subscribed to the Oath Keepers. Maybe. Who the hell knows? I'm saying I'm going to guess that it's some combination of right-wing propaganda that, that twisted this kid's brain. Uh, and, hey, look, uh, uh, there were millions of other kids that were exposed to the same thing that didn't gear up and head out to Kenosha. So is it is it the fault of that stuff? It's not what I'm saying. Yeah. We're looking for reasons. The question was, why does this happen? Why would this kid do this? Why would this kid insert himself into this? I'm saying, well, the, the answers are fairly transparent. I'm fairly easy to figure out. A bunch of right-wing propaganda, Blue Lives Matter, anti-BLM shit got this kid motivated to cross state lines and, and get involved. That's so do you happens. think— That's radicalization. That's online radicalization. That's how it works. It's the same process that causes some Muslim kid that grew, grows up in Philadelphia to blow up a cop car or something or— or get on a flight to Turkey and then head into um, Syria and become part of ISIS. I mean, you know, it's the same process. This is the thing we're talking about. How long do you think that process takes? I don't think it takes that long. As a 17-year-old? I think think six months of concentration. Do you think that's it? Yeah, I don't think it takes that long. Mm. I mean, first off, 16, 17, it didn't start when he, I mean, probably didn't start when he was 17. So let's figure that sometime between... 15 and 17. This would be a good question for like a clinical psychologist because the truth is. How long does it take a mush-headed kid? Yeah, right. Right, with no clear. And that's another thing about white people that you got to take into consideration. I think many times these, these radicalized white freedom fighters and all the rest of this horse shit that show up and do things like this. They have no feeling of connection to anything, right? They're jealous. I mean, black people when when BLM is is demonstrating all across the country, they're fucking jealous that they don't belong to something, right? They can't. I mean, be all the BLM demonstrations that I saw, every single one of them was a huge mix of of people: white, black, Asian, Mexican. It wasn't all black. These this, this was not. This was a, a this was an outpouring of of disgust over the George Floyd murders that that ran across the country and murder. everybody huh murder the George Floyd murder yeah <laughs> and the murder of George Floyd I mean that's what that's what sparked this and and it was all of the was all of the mostly young black men but some women too that that were being and had been in recent years killed by unarmed black people being killed by police all across the country in such disproportionate numbers 
to how many times unarmed white kids are killed by police that that people got out in the street in the midst of a pandemic because they're like, fuck it, we don't even care. This is more important. If I catch COVID, I do. And the pandemic's not real, but go ahead. Yeah, so all of that, right? So, um, I mean, I think that, uh, I think, and whether this kid goes to jail or doesn't go to jail or whatever, I don't really care. But, but I, you know, I mean, my only hope, and it's, you know, it's not a sure thing because it's Florida, that he has that he has a real trial and that that the real reasons for this are considered and appropriate punishment is is excised on him. So the next one might won't maybe doesn't do it. Right? What's an appropriate punishment? He should go to jail for the rest of his life. He is killed, that what's on the table? He, I'm sure it is. Two murders. He's yeah, but he tried. was 17, though. Yeah, he's being tried as an adult. Is that right? Yeah. You certain yeah. about that? I'm pretty sure about that. I don't know. I, I mean, they don't they don't show trials of minors on TV. Yeah, so. that's probably a good point. Um, but at any rate, two you know he murdered two people. So I mean, I don't think he's getting off. But you know, I don't know. Isn't there? I mean, what's his defense? Is that uh, self defense? Self defense, right? Yeah. Where, whereas the other case that you mentioned, totally unrelated, but what was the guy's name again? Uh, Ahmad Arbery. Ahmad Arbery. To me, there's really no defense in that case, right? Because for the, even for the vigil, white vigilante guys that chased him down and killed him, right? Because there's no question as to whether no, or not they were being chased or whether or not they were being attacked or fired upon. They're so, gonna, in, in, they're, yeah, they're going to claim self-defense, but the guy was unarmed. Well, but there's no claim of self-defense because there was no altercation, right? Well, I'm sure they're making a claim of self-defense, and I don't know the details of when, how they came to shoot him to death or kill him or club him to death or whatever they did to him. I don't, I don't know the details on that, to be honest with you. Because again, not you know, I'm a 65 year old white guy, not a, not a 35. If I was a 35 year old black guy, I'd be I would know every detail of that case, and uh, and I'm sure I'd be pissed off about it because. That's the kind of thing that 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 terrorizes every black person in this country, right? The thought that, you know, <clears throat> and by all accounts, this guy was a rather athletic young black man. That you're just go for a jog. Everybody jogs. I mean, my fucking neighborhood is full of people running around all the time. Everybody but you. Everybody but me. <laughs> but well, I, th- I think there's a lot. <laughs> But I don't hey, know. You go out, you go for a jog, and you end up dead. But the, the just to be clear, the, the that case, the shooters were not law enforcement. They were no. just okay. No, it was just uh, it was just uh, JWB, right? You know what that is? Yeah, jogging while black. Yeah, that's yeah. all it was. That's all it was. Yeah, I know. I hear you. And it's uh, again, I don't know the specifics of the case. I'm not following the trial. That's but but given it's like it's given the same as so many other yeah ones, given right? past it's another trials fucking, it's another and, lynching and self defense claims I don't yeah. there's really nothing you could say there and even even if let's just say even if they observed a crime taking place what did you say it was a robbery a claim something Supposedly in the neighborhood there was some burglary or something. you can't even shoot somebody who breaks into your house I mean oh. so no <laughs> and there's something too which, there was which something. is dumb but. <laughs> There but you can't even do that, let alone shoot somebody in the neighborhood that yeah. you didn't see committing a crime. Well, yeah, exactly, right? You just you hear about it one way or the other. However, you become aware that supposedly there was some burglary or something, and you see a black guy running down the street, you automatically assume that's the guy. I mean, come on, that's just that's on the face of it. It's just stupid. and and the thing it's it's just but, so you know that's the that's the crime that. Literally thousands 
tens of thousands, I'm going to say, of white people have committed and gotten away with in the South for 200 years, 400 years. Right? Tens of thousands? I don't know. How many lynchings do you think there were? I you, have no idea. It wasn't five. I can tell you that. I mean, you don't, you know, Billie Holiday didn't write a song called, uh, uh, ooh, what was the name of that song? Uh, for, uh, ooh. <laughs> oh, shit. I shouldn't have brought that up because I don't remember the name of the song. <laughs> Um, well, it's the second time today. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, listen, listen, listen. That was a lynching. Okay, that's what that was. That's what Ahmaud Arbery's execution was. Are they going to say, <clears throat> I mean, listen, I don't, I like to pretend I'm a lawyer. I don't have legal uh, terms and legal definitions here. Mm-hmm. Are they going to say, or uh, let me ask Ex- you this way. so Are they trying. Facia, okay, he wants some legal. <laughs> <laughs> are they trying him as, is it first degree murder? Because isn't that premeditated? Who's I guess. This? Which one? The Ahmad case. It's two white guys for murder. Yeah, what's the yeah. charge? It's first degree First murder. degree, yeah. Which is premeditation. So yeah, when you jump in your car or your truck or whatever the fuck, yeah, I guess that would qualify. Chase the guy huh? down, with, bring your guns or clubs or whatever. Did they go get guns or did they have guns on them? I'm sure they had them. See, I don't the, even the, know if they shot him. This is the weird. They might have jumped on him and beat him to death. Yeah, I know. And this this is the kind of weird thing, right? Either way, it's all premeditated murder. So. But it, this is this is the interesting thing. It's it's. I'm thinking of placement, right? Like if you I, we talk about road rage, you know, here in California, mm-hmm. we, we've had some road rage conversations. If if you have a gun on you, whether it's in your pocket, on you know, in your bag, in your car, and you get into a road rage altercation, maybe you pull over the side of the road and you get into a fist fight. You got a bat. You got a gun. It's some whatever you have is probably going to be used. Is is where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. But in the case of Kyle Rittenhouse. He wasn't at that place. He chose to grab his gun, load it, drive wherever he drove, and he and he placed himself there. Mm-hmm. And in the case of the Ahmad trial, these guys, from what you're telling me, did they have a gun? Did they go back and get a gun? Why, why are they placing themselves in the middle of what they perceived was a crime happening? Whether it was or it wasn't, and it sounds like it wasn't, it didn't, or at least Ahmad wasn't involved, if there yeah. actually was a break-in somewhere, why are they placing themselves in the middle of a situation that they don't need to belong to? Well, that's a good question. I mean, you know, I mean, so let me let me preface it this way. So you've got two white Southern Floridian hicks with guns or weapons of some kind, and they see a young black guy jogging down the street what do you think the reasons could be? What could they be that they chased him down and murdered him? What could the reason be? Terrible, racist, bigoted fucks. And do you think that they saw their opportunity to kill a black person that they thought they could get away with it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you're living in a place where... Where in Florida was it? I don't know. Miami? No, I don't know. I don't know. They said it. They say it every time they talk about it. Um, I'm guessing, again, I have no idea. It's got to well, be. some pretty hicked out places in Florida, right? I mean, there's some pretty deep southern. I mean, I, I mean, if you're down in Miami, that's. Yeah, it wouldn't be Miami, I wouldn't Right, think. but up in the panhandle or something, up close to the rest of the fucking southern <laughs> dipshit states. Up but there. let's not assume and suggest all, all white southerners are, would you call them hicks? Racist hicks. Racist fucks. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's a pretty decent assumption. But go ahead. I don't know. It To me, it's uh, that, that doesn't sound like a lot of wiggle room for defense in any of these cases. But 
Well, but he, and, and you know what? Um, there's, and you know, we, I didn't need a lot more knowledge about both cases to really get into that, but, but there have been so many, right? There's so many. And, and often, especially when they take place in these deep South places, the guys get off or the sentences are not right. But I think, um, and there's, there's a lot at play. And I think what makes it magnified, of course, is the, the racial element and the racial tensions in this country. But I, I got to think that there would be some, I don't even want to say confidence, but some level of hope based on the outcome of the George Floyd case, where not only did you have a white guy kill a black guy, but the white guy in that case was uh, was a sworn police officer. So that kind of ties back to what we were talking about earlier, the higher standard, that if, if, if justice was served in that case and they were able to convict a white cop, you know, again, I say uh, hope is the best word I can think of. Is there hope that maybe that momentum will continue? Well... My guess is it's better now than it used to be. There's more chance for justice to be served in in cases of of you know especially you know unarmed black people being killed by police for whatever variety of nonsense reasons they can come up with. Um, the 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 tired, broken down defenses and the you know the 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 just straight up racism that would have caused that would have allowed you know you, you know white assailants of black people to get off even in the face of overwhelming evidence that was has been so prevalent in our history that's hopefully changing and and things get on the media right so i mean everybody knows the, the everybody not everybody. See, <laughs> you apparently do not. <laughs> what don't I know about the Ahmad Arbery thing? Because it's so egregious, right? Well, and I just this, I, this isn't it's the just guy so many was, of them. I hate yeah, to say this it. This isn't a guy. So many that of these was, cases. This isn't a guy that was at a protest or right. giving police a hard time. He didn't just rob a liquor store in downtown New York, and you know. He didn't do any of that kind of shit. But this is eerily similar. Am I getting this right? You know, it's Trayvon Martin. You know that name? Trayvon Martin is the kid that was walking through the neighborhood and and the loser wannabe cop guy. Yes, it's eerily similar to that story. What is his name? Well, Trayvon Martin. I can't remember the other guy's name. I thought you just said it. Zimmerman? Zimmerman. Zimmerman. Is that it? That's it. So, but, But it's eerily similar to that where you have this vigilante wannabe you know, law enforcement guy, uh, community cop, whatever, who takes it upon himself to, you know, intervene at a, at a, in a circumstance that he thought, you know, only he could solve and he had to stop this crime. He's like, want to be Superman over there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what's... Did it have anything to do with his preoccupation with firearms? Yeah, possibly. But I mean, he had, you know, he had a gun on him, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I mean, that case was so blatantly mishandled wasn't this the right? kid he had like he he claimed he had a gun but it turned out he had skittles or am i getting that wrong yeah no that's right yeah. or an iced tea or some bullshit he had something in his hand but you know you can't there's no you can't you can't use the fact that somebody had some unknown thing in their hand as justification to shoot him to death yeah especially as you get older you can hardly see what the <laughs> hell is that he's got in his hand wow it's just one ages <laughs> thing after another <laughs> that is the theme isn't it wow you know what's um from the policing element, like I'm not a big fan of any of this defund the police and, 
you know, this, don't, this, don't this, even hang on. Don't get, you don't even know. That. You don't even know where I'm going with this. Okay, go ahead. I'm not a big fan of that whole conversation. Does there need to be changes in policing? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But but here's something I read that there's a there's a city. Maybe it's Portland. I, maybe I'm going to get that wrong. Yeah. That they are now changing. One of the changes in policing that I did agree with is they're not the police are not allowed to pull people over for traffic violations, whether it's a missing license plate, a broken taillight, maybe even speeding uh, that was in there. And I saw it because you're supposed to give them their ticket. You're going to. Well, so here's that. Shoot that. it at them with a <laughs> cannon. No, you shoot it. You shoot them in the back when you shoot <laughs> when you shoot their rifle. Bow and arrow. Yeah. Boom. This is it, it got on my radar because it became a rallying cry from the right that here we go. More lawless cities are you know going to let the citizens run free and break into more buildings. And now they're going to be speeding through neighborhoods and the cops aren't allowed to pull them over. Mm. But but I actually like the change because my argument is we need less encounters. The people, the citizens need fewer encounters, physical encounters with law enforcement. Whether or not it's a CHP that pulls you over in the middle of the night on the road to Vegas and he gets run over, plowed down by a drunk driver, you don't want that. And you don't want police officers being overly aggressive to black people or any people and killing innocent people that that they they have no involvement in any crime whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And one way to do that is to have fewer interactions with people. I I guess this stems from I'm sure that there are no end of studies that show that in any it doesn't matter probably where it is, but I'm sure the farther south you go, the more prevalent this is, that when you look at the ethnicity of of a people in any given geographical area over a specified set of time, that you're always going to see that people of color are being pulled over at a much higher rate than, than white people. And that results in more tickets, more interaction, more getting drug into the process, more court appearances, more possibilities for police, civilian problems is that what you're saying exactly right so let's say you pull somebody over because they have a broken taillight or you know whatever and and if the police are targeting those vehicles who are maybe older in a what's what's the proper word like a a a socioeconomic socioeconomic lower exactly that that community would normally be made up of you know minorities black people other minorities and therefore, the crime is already, hey, your tags are expired, your, your taillight's broken. Oh, yeah. and you have marijuana in the car. Okay, now you're going to jail for life. I mean, that's all. It's guess, one thing leads to yeah, another. I guess the question, I guess when you look at things and you say, well, you know, do we want police to enforce no. traffic laws? No. I mean, is that really? Yes, that's what we're saying. And the is answer is no. we want? No, <laughs> we don't. Let me ask you this. How many years ha- have we had the automobile? Yeah, 100 years. 100 years. And- have we solved the speeding more, problem yet? More than 100 years, but go ahead. We're still issuing speeding tickets. Is speeding still a thing? In 100 years of the automobile, has has citing people for speeding, stopped speeding. Has, it, has it served as the deterrent that they say it's supposed to? No. But it, so what it, are we doing? It's a revenue generator. That's exactly what it is. Right. And as much as, you know, as much as cops tell you, every police department, every state highway patrol, they'll all say, oh, no, no, there are no quotas. There are. It's a revenue generator. Of course it is. So someone is reviewing it and saying, hey, you're either up 10% or you're down 15% or whatever on the amount of tickets and revenue that's being generated. So do this, that, or the other to, you know, do it. Do it less, do it more, whatever. You're writing too many tickets. We're going to get 
this is going to come out and we're going to get in the spotlight <laughs> or you're not writing enough and uh you know we can't keep the fat policeman's uh, slush fund going that's exactly what it is so whether or not we need the money whatever we don't need to be pulling people over for that bullshit well i mean and with technology i mean that's that's probably more of a reason why we don't need to do it there's you know the traffic cam has been a thing now for i don't know at least 10 years 15 years yeah but it's almost it's almost gone already but you, you mean as far as people getting tickets from yeah running red tickets? lights which are pretty good yeah, right they don't, they don't first off they don't they don't enforce it and i i think it's all been eliminated I don't, why because there were too many, too, too many false positives on that. Too many, uh, too many situations where um, people were fighting it and winning, and then court cases. And so they, I think it's all but been eliminated. I don't, it might well, those were probably around. just good lawyers. I have seen some of those photos, and they're pretty fucking good. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's you. Oh yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, that's your polka dot tie. That's your stupid face. Yeah. that's you. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's uh, there's some. I think there were some privacy issues and different things that came to the fore. But we're going to face these issues over and over again, right? The police have something now called license plate uh, identification or something, where they have cameras randomly put around in cities, and they are randomly scanning license plates and keeping records of what license plates are going where and when and and things like that. And people are going like, "What the fuck." And hey, so has it ever in some far-fetched police investigation on CSI or something? Have they ever used that system to do something that caught a child killer or something? I don't know, maybe, but more likely it's being misused, right? And then you find out things like facial recognition, right? So we're on, we were on the verge of uh, of having widespread use of facial recognition technology supplied by a few different sources being used by police organizations around the country for a variety of reasons, law enforcement, apprehension, whatever. On the verge of that, it came to light that, so how does facial facial recognition work? It's, it's artificial intelligence, right? How does AI learn? AI learns by... By by feeding AI billions of examples of whatever you're trying to teach it, right? And so it comes out that right on the verge, right? That that guess what? Um, it, it, you know, if you're white, artificial or uh, uh, facial recognition works pretty good. They can tell if you're you, if you're male, if you're uh, female. They can identify you you know, with a pretty high degree of confidence. If you're black, it's like half as are, accurate. Are right? you talking about like the thing that opens your iPhone? Yes, that is that. That yeah. is facial recognition. My daughter and, opened and, my iPhone with, with her face. With her face. That was weird. It's a flawed technology, right? It doesn't, so in all, so what they found that through, and this was not on purpose. Nobody did this on purpose. But the, um, the, the, the the bias, there's a built-in bias against people of color. The technology simply cannot read the dark faces as well as it can the, the lighter white faces. Does it have something to do with lighting? 
No, it's 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 that the technology itself just doesn't read the the darker face correctly. The 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 so here's the problem. You would say, well, that's unfair to white people because we're going to get identified more accurately. Well, that's going to be great because that means that I'm not going to be identified by facial recognition uh, from a camera on some light post in downtown LA and then arrested right for rape be, mistakenly right because yeah but even then because like, it's my face is not going to be misidentified but in the wrong hands in in the hands of police and with their track yeah. record of how things like this are utilized right there we're on the verge of having so many people of color identified incorrectly mistakenly to as people that have committed crimes yeah that that's the right call to not use facial recognition in policing because there's a lot of people there's a lot of faces that look like other faces white right. faces the, black faces that's only here right in china uh they they so we have so in china every do, your do, everyone has your doppelganger every right? face <laughs> every face in china is is in the database right i mean you can't do anything in China without submitting your face. How soon before the Chinese are required to have microchips inserted into them through their vaccine? I don't know. Or any, I mean, how is that a thing? I mean, don't you think their government at some point will, they got to be going in that I direction. Know, I mean, I, you know, I mean, the time you could spend uh, theorizing about what, what kind of authoritarian nonsense is going to go on in China is limitless, I think. Right. And, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have any good answers to that. I don't have a, I mean, do we go to war with China? I think it's a mistake. <laughs> and, uh, and we are far, we are so far away now and so much farther away now after our Trump administration experience of having the moral high ground on anything anywhere in the world. Um, we, we flushed all that down the toilet with our putting kids in cages and all the rest of the bullshit that goes on. And, and uh, so I really I don't think we can I don't think we have the the moral authority to to even to even effectively influence world opinion on what China does about anything. When when you hear about the United States condemning China for doing things that seem authoritarian, it rings hollow after our our five year odyssey with the, the Trump meister. Hmm. Right. Our own president that. of the United States did everything he could to become an authoritarian strongman ruler. If you take that statement on its own, maybe. But if we're going to say, I mean, you just said it. If you're going to say that we don't have any moral high ground to stand on if we're going to criticize China, that that's that's got to be older than just Trump. I mean, we this country has done some pretty atrocious things in its history. You know, here's the thing. I, I totally get that. And um but what I'm going to say is that the 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 unabashed reach for authoritarian power uh, uh, topped off with the bullshit at the Capitol on January 6th, and now the cover-up that he's trying to engage in about it uh, is just being – here's what it says. You have stripped away in a matter of five or six years – what little veneer of moral high ground the United States had on the world basis? Yeah, I don't think so. We've always, we've always take this, take we've this climate thing. Supported, uh, you know, it, dictators and things like that. I mean, the Shah of Iran was our guy. Yeah, 
everybody knows that, but at least we maintain at least the appearance of of you know being in the 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 guiding light of democracy. That was not happening during that entire time. That yeah, but was, are you saying it's still gone? Well, I mean, I think that I think I don't think that Biden going to the 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 world climate thing and going, hey, we're back, changes everything. No, but I think, but don't, we talked about this too, right after the election. I think there was a huge sigh of relief globally. Absolutely. You know, so if anything, people were just, what you know, the the rest of the world was just waiting it out until we, we figured out our shit. And I think, (laughs) you know, you're right. Biden making those claims doesn't do anything, but I think there's at least well, it doesn't make it worse. No, it doesn't make right. it worse. If anything, it's like, okay, we can at least have conversations again yeah. with the Americans and yeah, maybe we'll work something more, out. Here's the problem, I think. What Trump could tear down and fuck up in one term, right? Hopefully just one term. It can't is gonna could take generations to, to it's to not he didn't permanently change or do anything and by the way even these tax cuts that you know a big talking point we've talked a lot on the podcast about it and leading all the way up to the infrastructure bills and everything else let's not forget that i'm if i'm not mistaken almost all of it untouched expires anyway in like 26 or 27 all of the trump tax cuts that we've belabored over and talked about, you know, the advantages, the disadvantages. The, the corporate tax rate? All of that stuff is, is set to change back. So, I, I don't know about So that. anyway, the, my, the point is nothing is irreparable. Nothing oh, okay. is permanent. Well, I, I'm going to go with you on that one. So. <laughs> and I do want to mention, too, although this will mean nothing to the uh, listeners, but that phone case is awesome. When when did you get this glow in the dark red? <laughs> it is phone? very glowy, isn't it? Oh, okay. Oh, it's just the the trim. Okay. Did you think it was actually a light that was glowing? No, I thought the whole thing was red. No, it, well, you know, I got to keep candy apple red. Candy apple red. I got to keep with the theme. We have some red elements here oh, in the okay, studio. Right. So. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. Thank and you. and besides, you always you know come in here fired up. You see red, so I was trying to. <laughs> I'm surprised I can see your phone at all. It should be invisible. <laughs> I don't feel very fired up. I mean, I think this was a great conversation. Um, uh, you know, I'm glad I got in my one thing. I want to make sure I got Big Bird in there. So I did uh, promote that. So, <laughs> I mean, it, th- what? It, well, here's what it shows. There's nothing that is not political or that won't be politicized. There's nothing that, in this case, the Republicans are not going to touch. If it gets their name in the news, if it's a reason that they can, you know, cause a, a fight about something so it begs the question i've asked you this before what do we have in common what can we do what what how do we kind of bring everything together we've talked about the history of this country and the things that we used to have in common and you know what was that even if a lot of it was a false foundation but there was some commonality and now we have nothing in common i don't think that i don't think that. i mean look i think s'mores could probably cure everything right <laughs> more time around the campfire no doubt about it what do you think about a like a a national public service program where everybody i'm not not just in the military but like there yeah, are a service corps yeah what do you think well i mean i've heard extensive discussion about this mostly by pete Buttigieg uh, during his campaign is and he stuff. in favor of it yeah yeah he's in favor of it um and it's not he's not the first guy to ever come up with it right I am not a fan of the draft. I mean, Me so neither. there was a there was a time where that was one of the great, you know, that was one of the things that kind of, you know, drew a lot of people into the you know, into the service for a while, but but 
Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the idea of mandatory service, but I think a service core that, you know, where, where people that wanted to serve the country but didn't want to join the military right. to do it could do it. And um, I think that could form – that could be the basis of, of some strengthening of the ties, Community. Right? Yeah, the, some some type of and communal pro- – Yeah, and provide some some – you know, commonality, but I mean, I, you got to be vigilant, right? I mean, how easily could something like that be co-opted by the wrong people, right? So, uh, yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm surprised to hear anything along the lines of a service corps coming from the other side of this table. Yeah, but you know what I'm thinking about, though? <laughs> Here's I, I've thought about this for many years, oh. uh, especially as I, you know, now cross the threshold of being uh, middle-aged, but... I, you got to shave because you're, start, you're starting to think of yourself as old and that you're not. I do have a lot of gray. That's for sure. Uh, oh, my God. But I don't regret anything I've done in my life, the decisions I've made, you know, good decisions, bad decisions, yeah. you name it, You know, piercings, yeah. tattoos, nothing. I don't regret anything I've done. But I regret <laughs> things I haven't. Too much information. Right <laughs> <laughs> I regret some things I haven't done. And... Mm. Uh, one of those things is is service in some way. When I was young, like maybe, I don't know, maybe approaching 30, I, yeah. I was really thinking about that. And in this country, the only real option is military service. And I had a friend uh, who was German, and, and they had a, 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 a program, Corps, Service Corps. Yeah. Well, we used to have the Peace Corps, but that was foreign. That was foreign yeah. service, right? That was out of the country. But I just, I mean, I think, and as a parent now, you know, I, I think I would support something like that because why not? I guess the alternative is f- look how fucked up things have become because what do we have less in common than, you know, maybe yeah. we don't. Well, well look, how, here's how here's a way you could pay for that. Right. That would help make sense. Right. You could provide, you know, so the only way you get college assistance from the government is to. Join the military, yeah, right, and it's a harsh trade-off, I can tell you. Um, uh, so, what if you had the service corps, and one of the things you got of that was something akin to the GI benefits that that you get for joining the military? That would so then you know because listen, here's the thing: we need to provide more higher education for people in this country. I don't want to forgive anybody's college debts or whatever they exactly they took on freely and we need higher education not liberal education okay go ahead all right. <laughs> <laughs> but but moving forward i think you know that a program like that could accomplish many things as well as then providing some assistance uh f- you know for higher education or job training or whatever um at you know post service corps participation and you know you get that thing where you're part of something bigger than yourself you're providing service to the country um there, there there's no way for you to provide any service to the country at this point you're too old <laughs> you you could we're providing a service well yeah yeah here this, on this, this podcast better be it <laughs> And uh, the mega money that you're pumping into the economy with all your business interests. And, and um, uh, I think, uh, you know, that's all going to be, you just have to look at it. I mean, you know what? Being a good citizen, being a participant in the political system, um, being good to other people, being a productive member of society, that all fulfills that thing. If you have a need to do something, I understand that. Um, I don't have that need, but I understand. <laughs> we know you don't. <laughs> But I do understand that the, the concept of a service corps, and that's one of the things that you could say, hey, 
we're just not going to give people money to go to college to the government but but yet you could the service corp could be providing actual you know actual things to people in the country that we would otherwise have to pay for some other way and so you're going to you know you're going to you're going to pay them less and, than it would cost you to have private sector do it to do it create all that good yes inner, you know and good, maybe those people will pay it forward when they're done right and they'll learn things and then and then we'll help them go to school or whatever the and they'll come up with are. new and creative ways to better our society and lower taxes and all that yeah. other good stuff so good that's the kind <laughs> of stuff we need to you know at some point i think people get sick of this division and i guess somewhere in the back of my mind i'm hoping that just getting sick of this shit is going to move people to be more open to try to figure out how to work together because the alternatives are are catastrophic, right? And I think that, frankly, I think that there's a need. I think there's a will. There's a, there's a desire in people to want to find those kind of answers to have some kind of re re uh, gelling of the society, right? And I think that the I think that one of the one of the reasons, not the only reason, but one of the reasons that. Trump and his ilk were successful in brings and are continuing to be somewhat successful in in keeping this core group of people is that there's no other productive outlet for these people that feel lost and 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 unlistened to that could be changed right and and so I think that there's hope on that so I, I just we need more volunteer for psychedelic treatment. I've been trust me this week I've been thinking about microdosing quite a bit. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's go find a place. <laughs> Well, listen, have we had enough fun today, my friend? Yeah, this is good. It might be too kumbaya today for our listeners. I don't it know. It might be. Well, I'll, if it is, we'll hear about it. All right. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.